0: welcome 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 this is distraction pieces episode 52 look how many we're getting through now my name is Scroobius pip you can find me on twitter at Scroobius pip thank you for tuning in guys um i want to start by saying a big thank you for all the love that i got for the um the special birthday edition of the distraction pieces podcast and thank you to my mum and dad for being the guests on that um yeah, that was a hell of a episode. It's the it's the, it's the longest we've done. It was two hours. Um, I thought about splitting it into two because I knew we had a two part uh, today with Gro- a Greenpeace, and then that special went out on Monday. I thought it'd be a bit overkill to be throwing four podcasts. I, I know it's still the same amount of time, but I don't know often when podcasts are split up, it's to increase the amount of downloads. A little trick of the trade right here, I'm telling you. Um, in this instance, the, the the Greenpeace one, it was because of the, I wanted to get three different guests, so it all made sense. But yeah, anyway, I'm talking too much. It was great to, to get those stories from my mum and then from my dad. It was emotional, um, as a lot of you will have flagged. Um, me and my dad talked for the first time about um, when he sat me, uh, he, when him and my mum sat me and my, and my brother down and told us that he was, that he was, was leaving and that they were in fact separating. Um, and that got emotional because, because we've never really discussed that night. And it was the f- first time or kind of the only time, I mean, outside of funerals and stuff like that, when things were emotional, it was the only time I'd really s- see my dad cry, which particularly at that age at 16 or 17, that's, a Huge deal that's your kind of quite literally your father figure (laughs) because it's your father. Um, so yeah, but it was great to talk and great to chat and great to get so many stories from both of them about their upbringing, about both sides of nans and granddads, and aunts and uncles and everything. So that was great fun, and obviously to tell the detailed story of when I nearly died as a kid, and that's how I got my stutter. Um So yeah, that was good fun. Check that out if you haven't already. That was an emotional one, and that was an extra. So with these two podcasts now, we're we're giving you, I think, around five hours of free podcasts this week, Um, which is kind of insane. I have to mention the sponsors, of course, speechdevelopmentrecords.com. If you th- if you see anything, thinking man, I can't believe they've given us five hours of sponsors, a podcast for free. A good way to to pay back for that would be to go to speechdevelopmentrecords.com and buy and buy some stuff. We've got t shirts, mugs, albums galore, a DVD, an amazing DVD of my Edinburgh Fringe show. I'm so pleased with. On the DVD, there's interviews on there and kind of extra bits that we made specifically for the DVD with Polar Bear and Kate Tempest and Moose Rock Wonga and Tim Key and loads of amazing people so check that out Um, as I'm saying this I've just decided although you know in general you should go to speechdevelopment.com this week if you do want to thank us for the hours and hours of free podcasts these podcasts are going to give you a far better way to do that and that's to go and check out Greenpeace and support them and uh support their Save the Arctic campaign um interesting one these these were absolutely amazing chats I'll explain how it's going to work first up I sat down with a guy called Ben Stewart who's 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 one of the chief kind of um media faces as such at, at Greenpeace as well as working in numerous other areas there um and he wrote a book about the Arctic 30 really briefly the Arctic 30 were 30 protesters that went out to do a protest on a Russian oil rig um, and ended up in Russian prison, um, arrested for piracy, um, which has a, a minimum of sentence in that country of 10 years. And it's in a country that 99% of the um, court cases come through with a, a guilty verdict. It's a dodgy fucking situation so um yeah that's 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 kind of the story we're telling but first up we're, we're speaking to ben sorry so first up we're speaking to, to, to ben stewart and we touch on the arctic 30 thing but in part two uh we speak to frank and ben a different ben um who frank was one of the arctic 30 and was um essentially leading that that campaign and was and found himself in prison when everything went wrong and when they were boarded by aggressive armed um, Russians. Uh, So, yeah, it's it's intense. But first up, I said, that's what we're going to be talking about and focusing on in part two. So I didn't, despite the fact that Ben Stewart in this podcast has written a book about that incident, I don't want to focus on that too much because there's a lot to talk about. So in general, we're talking today with Ben about all sorts of different amazing actions that, that Greenpeace do. And it was such a good chat. He comes up with so many good... He's got so many good points and phrases. Um, when he, he refers... I'm, no, I'm not even going to spoil it, but, but the bit where he's kind of comparing it to, to being a bank robber or in a heist or something is is great. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. But as I said, Ben has a book that you can buy to support. There's more at the end of this podcast obviously but also at the end of part two which is longer part two is almost an hour long in its on its own um and it's amazing just hearing directly from frank uh, uh, what they went for is, is stunning but part one leads you up perfectly to that fear not my friends um Ben Stewart has some amazing stories and amazing tales to tell. So yeah, I think you're gonna enjoy that. I should stop stop rambling because there's hours and hours of podcasts for you to get through this week. Um, this is episode 52, part one of the Distraction Pieces podcast, Greenpeace special with Ben Stewart. This piece of fiction is the intro to distraction pieces. This piece of I don't really have a big start. So, so that was it's. It's always awkward when I've, I've got somewhere and we're having a really good chat before yeah. we start rolling, and yeah. then we've got to then act as if we've just met. So I'm, I'm here with Ben S- S- Stewart. How are you doing? I'm good. Who are you? I've just met I'm, you. I'm you know? <laughs> Pip. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to meet you. Um, yeah, and we're at, at Greenpeace, yeah. and we're here to have a bit of a, a chat. Oh really? So thank you for 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 allowing me along. That's Right, we're um, in the yellow room. In the yellow room is the most it's-
1: disgustingly. Um, coutured room in the entire building I like it I find it
0: pretty um, right. I walked past a few of the other rooms right. and I was like as soon as we got in here I was like this this was a good choice it feels like this being feels- sort
1: of like trapped in a jar of Coleman's mustard or something doesn't
0: it I mean I'm into that okay. that's, that's kind of my thing so <laughs> what, so what's, yeah. what's your desert island mustard what are you? Um, I, actually I hate mustard do you um, I, oh, I, right. en- I enjoy the colour but not the okay. taste mine's Dijon out of interest um, yeah no it's good it's, it's, it's noted and that's all I wanted to talk to you about so right, thank good, you for coming good. on so welcome to <laughs> welcome to mustard.com um so, so let me introduce a little bit. You're um, kind of um, often the public voice, I guess, of, of Greenpeace, of, of the UK, a, a leg of Greenpeace. Is, be, that, yeah. is that accurate to kind of think uh, of? Like what like what is, is your role, if you had to describe it? Uh, I'm um, head of news and special
1: projects, yeah. which sounds more exciting than it is. Yeah. I've done look back on my day and think, what they've done today, and realise they just ticked some stuff on my to-do list and sent some emails. But yeah, I've done... You know, yeah, Newsnight's day program, that kind of thing, and often speak for the organisation. But there's a few other people that that do that as well, Um, and work on various campaigns. And we kind of, you know, plan and execute massive criminal conspiracies with our direct actions, and um,
0: and I write some press releases. Again, I mean, you 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 casually threw in there, um, plan and execute, (laughs) (laughs) and and that's what that's what really got me excited about Greenpeace was. When I kind of started to realise, and you kind of summed it up annoyingly perfectly when you were talking to Jeff Lloyd, who I know is a fan of the podcast and I'm a fan of his show, Um, when you kind of said it's the closest you can get to being... A Bank robber essentially, <laughs> or and planning bank robberies and stuff like that, and again, that's why I still like have about, your
1: mum and dad be proud
0: of you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, and still Sorry. be publicly acceptable yeah. and be able to proudly say, Yeah, yeah, here's what I did this week, yeah, kind no. of thing. So, um, again, th- that's the bit that excites me about Greenpeace is on the surface, there's often, I don't know, I, th- I think it gets washed over how. How gangster Greenpeace is, like how genuinely, how much they go out and do serious stuff and put themselves at risk. So how does that all come about? Like, do you, how's the the planning process? Do you sit there and kind of go, what crazy shit can we do?
1: Let me think of an example. Um, So uh, a few years ago, I was involved in a group of, um, with a group of people that broke into King's North Power Station in Kent and we climbed the smokestack and abseiled down the side and painted a message on it and we shut the power station down and the point was to say we can't continue burning coal because it destroys the climate. So what happens there? Um, A guy called... Jim, who's upstairs at the moment, um, uh, would um, come to someone like me and a couple of other people and say, I've got an idea. Um, mm-hmm. I think we could get into Kings North and we could we could shut it down and we could real, really focus attention on this issue by doing that. You then bring in the actions team, which is a logistics team that that are the bank robber guys yep, yep. and women. Um, yeah. and, so Tom
0: Cruise... Yeah. And a few of his uh, friends. And help, uh, Ocean's that. Eleven, and George yeah, Clooney, yeah. that kind Perfect. of thing.
1: And then we would literally go to the warehouse and draw a map of it and have maybe little matchbox cars, you know, showing, right, you go in at that time, yeah. you do that time, you do that. Um, and then you'd be setting up kind of um, really interesting logistics um, communications links. So you'd be able to, like, broadcast from the top of the chimney, etc. Then it goes to a concept meeting and yeah. you have to persuade the boss to give you 10 grand to do it and sign it off because it's illegal. Then you ask a lawyer how illegal is it, and they mm-hmm. give you um, a list of charges that you're going to face. Then you have to go to an inquisition, which is like a trial in the organisation where the big boss has to sign it off. And then suddenly you find yourself in a van heading towards Kings North with ropes on your back, Amazing. and um, and you're clipping through a padlock, right, rushing around security, getting to the top of it. You're suddenly on the top and speaking to the BBC, yeah. or actually, I, I once got onto the top of. Didcot power station, this is very odd and ITV phoned up and said "Um, how did you know that Blair was in Didcot today? And I said I had absolutely... About to say, had absolutely no idea, and they thought, "No, no, no." So, well, we don't talk about how our you know sources give us. But it turned out Blair was at the bottom of the chimney, and they they tied us in, and I ended up interviewing Blair when he was Prime Minister from the top of the power station, asking him about his climate change policy. So, kind of spooling forward a little bit here, but uh, direct action works because you get to do stuff like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, that's great, and um, it's it's kind of interesting how. the 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 one thing that really sets it apart and is equally as important as any of it is the is the covertness, but then the choice of when you can take that sheet off, mm. as it were. The, the the having to make sure you've got a telecommunications and being able to. And I, I know when um, the sh- shard climb was done, I remember mm. that there was you know. Social network stuff going on yeah. in in the moment and in the process. So, yeah. so, uh, so how important is, is is that part of all of it? it? Is the being? It's one thing to break in somewhere. It's another thing to make sure you can let the world know that you've done this and why you've done this. See,
1: so the covert thing is interesting actually because the rules here are that you can't tell your your partner, your parents, wow. your kids, or whatever what you're working on. And I remember me and a Again, guy
0: that just feels it's just it feels so excitingly undercover agent that you'll have to be and again just just from speaking to to people i know at greenpeace at points it will be that you've just got to be here at a certain time yeah and that's w- when you'll find out what's going on next because it has you know there's certain amounts that have to be so yeah um yeah in, insulated in it's way. also
1: it also is is a relationship killer yeah i'd I mean. imagine it's yeah really, i mean there's lots of lots of greenpeace widows and widowers out there and people yeah. have got involved with um People are them, you're having an affair. No, I'm not. I'm just going to climb a skyscraper, but I can't tell you about yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so that one was interesting. I remember a guy called Paul thought of that idea. And actually, we went up and went to the viewing platform yeah. um, of the Shard. And on the way back down, we were going <sighs> to hire a really top class international climber to do it and he said you know what i think we can do this ourselves i've looked on the 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 structure the skeletal structure of the building and Mm -hmm. i think we can climb this ourselves and get to the top of it in a protest against arctic oil drilling and i think we should get four of our best climbers and i think they should be women so we can fuck shell and fuck the patriarchy at the same time i was like I cannot believe I get paid by this organisation to do yeah, stuff like amazing. that.
0: Yeah, amazing. And we got the, some of... It's s- the kind of thing you want to hear from from the people upstairs, yeah. isn't it? Go, no, so, no, we can go further with yeah, this. Yeah, we can go further with
1: this. <laughs> and, and it was actually really such inspiring women climbed that building. Yeah. They were just a, a total inspiration. But on that, yeah, it's total security. You can't tell anybody what's happening until the moment that you go live. And then you're right, you pull the sheet off, and we had various systems in place that we were live streaming the thing. We made it available yeah, online. Amazing. And we've got 220,000 people watching their climb up by our broadcasting it ourselves. And it's interesting that this podcast that we're talking on now is kind of – disrupting traditional media yeah. and we're trying to disrupt traditional media as well by saying we don't necessarily need to go through you bbc itv sky to let people see the images of our guys climbing it they've got an iphone 5 attached to their helmet we're filming it from a hotel room yeah we, it's going through a server log on to save the arctic dog and you can watch it yourself and that was one of the really exciting things about that Protests. We yeah, need to I mean, get round the gatekeepers to get the message to people without it being mediated.
0: And again, I think one of the things I, l- I like about Greenpeace is the is the push to solve any problems r- rather than just complain about them. Yeah. And I'll explain that. There's, there's, there's so many protests and things that, that go, go on these days and, and activist um, movements and actions where you'll hear people say... Why isn't this getting? Or, or why wasn't this on the news this morning? Mm. Why wasn't this on on on, mm. on the ten o'clock news? Or why isn't this getting coverage? And the beauty of most of the stuff you guys do is, if it gets on there, that's cool. But we're going to be broadcasting it anyway. Mm. You know, it, it it doesn't have to be covered by if 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 there's some kind of media blackout. Yeah, it's not going to be a blacked out movement or action yeah. because it's going to have yeah. that. social reach and be allowed to be shared by the people well
1: we we flew some drones over um, deforested areas of indonesia a couple of months ago this is how new technology is changing things um so it's a drone you know the size of the table that we're sitting at the moment a meter by half a meter and it's got a camera on it it can just go up and down and up and down registering where the rainforest has been knocked down by companies recently and we made a short film of that and we did an investigation showing which bank was bankrolling the companies destroying that rainforest. We shoved it up online, and within a week or two, it had 9.5 million views. So yeah, that thing, insane, that it? would be a few thousand pounds to get together, yeah. and 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 it, we were targeting Santander. Yep. And Santander folded soon after that, and they changed their investment strategy vis-a-vis the company that was that was engaged in that deforestation. So. You know, a drone that is able to record that and then a computer that's able to edit that footage and upload it can shift multi-billion yeah. dollar companies very quickly by the kind of audience that it gets. This is really, really exciting.
0: Yeah, it's, 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 it's hugely exciting. And I think the combination of the, the moving with technology and just the history that Greenpeace have of of having success in these things is one of the reasons that you also often have people and companies or whatever come to you and kind of um, almost a a wave the white flag before they're even in your sights and kind of say, look, we've heard that you're doing this. We want to be on your side. We don't want you to come for us. Essentially, it's like, what can we do to change stuff so you don't have a big public attack on us? Which, again so many um i think it's a real problem in society at the moment how i think i think genuine real activism is hugely important and taking real action is is essential but i think we're at a point in society at the moment where there's a, a, a level of it that's just become a badge to wear rather than mm. needing actual results yeah the beauty of of things like that is where greenpeace will go right let's if we, if we can get the result without having to do this huge public thing, then we'll we'll do that and have that and pat ourselves on the back. Like, I mean, there's not that need to say, oh, look, everyone, we've got all these people to change their mind. It's not yeah. been, you know, in, in, in the press, but here's what's going on. It's the importance is the result rather yeah. than the the kudos for getting the result i
1: mean i'm pretty aware of some of the negative perceptions of greenpeace in the media and there's a perception that we're narcissists and we just go out to get the the headline and i get why that has come about Mm -hmm. because you know we we do sometimes chase the headline but for very noble reasons to try to bring about change because we know that companies are terrified of negative press but so much of the work that we do you don't hear about we are you know there's a there's a phrase modern activism anarchists in the boardroom and and we like to be those anarchists in the boardroom sometimes we have meetings in genuine boardrooms be it the mcdonald's boardroom the coca-cola boardroom where we say you need to change the way that you're doing this and if you don't then we're going to come after you and we get we can get results like that we really can but you know there are lots of things that you you can't publicize but the fact is for better or worse you know Corporate power is, is as important, if more, not more important, than political power yeah, in the 21st century completely. world. And, you know, we need to scare the bejesus out of those guys who, who essentially are accountable to nobody. Mm-hmm. They can be psychopathic in their tendencies, and you need to prov- provide a countervailing force to make them do good, if possible. And that's yeah, what I hope completely. we and the movement that we're trying to build can do sometimes. And what does that look like? Well... In the case of McDonald's, it looked like investigating rainforest destruction in the Amazon, investigating the supply chain, so discovering that when you eat your chicken McNugget, that Mm. chicken has been fed on soya that's been grown on areas that used to be lush rainforest, Um, writing a report proving that, publishing it on the same morning as you send 27-foot-high Chickens, people in magnificent costumes to lock on to the front of McDonald's restaurants.
0: petrified for a second there that, that they'd actually created seven foot high chickens. Genetically modified, genuine seven foot high chickens.
1: Absolutely, and then locking on to the front of those counters and saying we're going to do this every day till you stop this storm yeah. in the rainforest, leading to. The greatest Greenpeace sun headline ever, which was a picture of one of these chicken activists being loaded into the back of a police looting wagon, with the headline "Coco Van." Brilliant, and absolutely splendid.
0: Yeah, it's worth it just for that. If anything, <laughs> yeah. chasing chasing the headline. But and, and 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 again, I I like the fact. And again, we were discussing this before we um, started recording that there's an element of right. You have to s- s- sit down and go. Here's what we want to achieve. Here's what laws we will be breaking can I morally justify the breaking of those laws for the point that we're trying to make and the change that we're trying to make? And therefore, am I happy to be arrested for that? And again, I think that's where it's different from... I mean, I'm going to say the word fathers for justice and you're probably going to roll your eyes slightly because there was a difference from when that kind of thing was coming up that was a lot of just sitting protests as such, Mm. but then it it was kind of a... I don't know... an uproar then that, or a shock that they're being arrested for this or anything like that. Whereas I think being arrested is part of, I don't know, it's, it's, it's part of the balance there. It's saying, right, I'm, I'm, it's worth this. And therefore, and again, there's been so many cases with Greenpeace activists where you've then been able to sit quite reasonably in front of your peers in court and say, here's my reasons. And they have to go, well, yeah, a law was broken, but, this seems justified, you know? Well, Obviously not always, not always they'll go with that route, but there are points where it's like, right, actually, your argument is fair, I yeah. understand this. I mean, that Here's happened we in,
1: when, when we climbed that power station in, in Kingsnorth, I was mentioning yeah. earlier, six of us were arrested and charged with criminal damage and aggravated trespass. We, we went to court in Maidstone, we defended ourselves and said to that jury, we were justified in causing criminal damage to that power station because we were trying to stop a greater damage being done to the planet Earth. And James Hansen, the world's leading climate change scientist and NASA director, came over and gave evidence for us. And that jury acquitted us because they said, fair, I get it. I get what you were trying to do there, and I'm not going to send you to jail for that. And as far as I'm concerned, if you break the law, but you are willing to then go to court and defend yourself Mm -hmm. in front of a jury of your peers, and if you can convince them that you were right, then that is morally justifiable and it also brings about change you know in the 20s juries stopped convicting abortionists because they realized and i mean this is a controversial issue but they realized those jurors realized that you shouldn't send women who are conducting abortions on other women to jail because a woman should have a right to choose and then the law changed because the juries were refusing to convict these people and there's a there's a famous jurist called lord devlin said every jury is a little parliament Mm -hmm. so when you break the law and you convince a jury that you were right to break the law you are winking at parliament and saying you might need to change the law and that happens a lot in society and i'm pretty okay with that i've been arrested many times but i've never run away from the cops yeah and i've never worn a mask and i've never worn a scarf over my face whatever and say this is who i am i'm doing this take me again, to court i defend myself i
0: think that's a huge difference there as well number one it's breaking laws with a justifiable reason on your part and mm. number two it's not it's not hiding from that it's yeah. not wearing a mask it's not it's, yeah. it's saying here's what here's what we are to do what do you feel um because again it's far more or Greenpeace are far more known for these kind of actions mm. than general pr- protest, which obviously they'll be involved with often as well. Mm. But I mean, f- for a long time, I felt that the way protest is set up in, in 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 the UK at least is that it's so sanctioned that it's hard for it to ever make a real difference. If they're kind of saying you're allowed to protest here on this day at this time because that won't cause us any trouble. Hmm. So, well, the point of a protest is to cause trouble. So, yeah. do you f- how do you feel on general protests in the UK? And then, again, the greater impact of of, of actions yeah. are, 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 are like what you guys do that will draw attention and will draw more than a group of people are meeting up to express their, I, their indignation. I have
1: a great deal of respect for anybody that registers there dissent yeah, in any yeah. way if someone clicks on Facebook someone writes a petition someone marches in the streets yeah. someone does a direct action like all of those are fine and noble things you know I marched against the Iraq war I've been in many 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 protests signed petitions everything you know yeah. everything goes really um, I, I am particularly I I think direct action works because I think it speeds up the national conversation. I think there are lots of things that we don't talk about in society because it's not convenient to talk about them and they're not particularly dramatic. And the way that the media is constructed, they thrive on conflict and there needs to be a good guy and a bad guy. And that's the only way we'll talk about it. Climate change is not one of those stories. So to bring it alive and to dramatize it and say we are going to talk about climate change, you sometimes need to do direct action. I'll give you an example last week the airports commission reported and they said we don't we've been asked to decide whether a new runway goes at gatwick or heathrow and there are reasons for both but we think we'll go to heathrow nobody in that in that in that conversation that media conversation mentioned climate change hardly ever hardly once even though a new runway at heathrow would make heathrow the biggest point source of carbon dioxide in the country crazy. so some people said that's not good enough and they planned something they clipped the, the fence at Heathrow and yep. they set up a camp at the end of the runway and they said, we're going to stop some planes taking off and landing. I'm very sorry about the inconvenience, but we are going to talk about climate change. Yep. And then the media got on board and they said there are some people on the runway, they want to talk about climate change. Is this good or bad for climate change? Well, look, you know, that dramatised the issue and, like I say, sped up the national conversation. You know, we are going to talk about climate change, whether you like it or not. Because, and, and that was an example where direct action works.
0: Yeah, and it's it's kind of, it's also, sadly, there has to be a, a level of, of willingness to be the, the, the and not the bad guy, but the an- annoyance to thus force this, yeah. this, this discussion. Because, yeah. again, I mean, are we have it with numerous strikes as well that people will be hugely annoyed that it's disrupted their day but Mm. all right well we'll we'll be the the villain who have disrupted your day but now you're going to talk about climate change you're going to talk about this thing so there's a level of i guess yeah having to be happy to 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 take that that blow and have people annoyed at you for the greater good of having the yeah the subject and topic discussed
1: yeah i mean there were many many examples throughout history i wouldn't compare our movement at all to the great heroes of yeah. social justice you know the suffragettes and the civil rights movement etc but the point is you know it's like gandhi said you know first they laugh at you um then they fear you then they fight you then you win you know yeah, and yeah, yeah. um and yeah you, you you people who take direct action are often unpopular um at the time but i yeah. hope that there's a wider justification in later years for the changes that. Those people brought about, particularly the suffragettes and the civil rights movement.
0: Yeah, completely. I mean, it just feels, as you said, it's a, it's a, it's a speeding up, or it's, 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 it's one of many options, and there mm. are many options, but some of them are slow. Again, online protests, public protests, things like that. They're, they're all going to hopefully start to get that trickling down conversation, but they're mm. not necessarily going to have that instant impact of mm. his here's what we need yeah. to address.
1: Although there was one, when we got acquitted on the Kings North trial, it was, I remember we, we went all went back to my house and um, just drank an enormous amount of booze in celebration but managed through blurry eyes to tune into the news at 10 on the bbc to see the report on the bbc and the and 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 the political correspondent there said i've just spoken to a representative of the government and the implications of this verdict are that they are now reassessing their energy policy and and whether they're going to build new coal-fired power stations now they decided not to which meant that that political will and that and that money went towards renewables for a while until this dastardly government was elected and decided to defenestrate the whole of the kind of british renewables industry but for a time that was successful but we're going to have to fight again and again and again to get the results that we need but you know that trial and that direct action had a result and i'm i'm pretty chuffed with that
0: yeah yeah completely so i mean uh, let's let's move on discuss now you've also you've got a book don't trust don't fear don't beg yeah um and it's it's largely around the arctic 30 um we're gonna have a part two to this podcast with frank and ben where we go into to greater detail on this but uh, c- can you first of all just kind of explain what the arctic campaign is and what the what the deal is there with the the insistence on attempting to yeah to oil or to get to get oil from yeah. from where the, the previously wasn't available um as such
1: i'll try and distill this because it's, yes. it's complex and it's big and it's huge but um As temperatures rise, um, the area of the world that's being most impacted at the moment is the Arctic. Um, There's a huge, great um, sheet of white floating sea ice up there that performs a great function for all of us um, human beings, because it reflects a lot of the solar radiation and keeps the world cool. Essentially, it's the planet's air conditioner. But it's melting, and it's melting really, really fast. And as it melts... Instead of the oil companies seeing that as a profound warning to humanity, they're getting dollar signs going through their eyes like in a Tom and Jerry cartoon, and they're thinking there's a lot of oil under the seabed beneath where that ice used to be. We're going to send our rigs up there, and we're going to drill for it. Um, that is a profound irony, because yeah. as they drill for that oil and they burn that oil, it causes the ice to melt more so they can get more oil, etc., etc. It's, it's a vicious circle, and yeah. we need to break it. As well as that, it would be impossible to clean up an Arctic oil spill, you saw what happened with the Deepwater Horizon disaster in the Gulf of Mexico. Of course, yeah. that just pumped for week upon week upon week. It just gushed oil into the ocean. BP were trying to block it with human hair golf balls i mean god it was just comic and they couldn't block it and that was in the relatively benign environment of the um, gulf of mexico if you were in the arctic you wouldn't be able to plug a blowout you just wouldn't it's not just us saying that go online the experts are saying that through freedom of information we managed to get our hands on shell's oil spill response plan and in other words, what they were going to do to clean up an Arctic oil spill. It turned out one of their key tactics was to deploy a dashing dog called Tara wearing a an attractive green singlet and a GPS collar that was going to run over the ice and smell for the spill oil beneath the ice. And then they were going to lift those icebergs that had been oiled onto land and melt it in a warehouse and put the oil in a bucket. It's utterly utterly farcical. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, you know, experts say you can't clean up an Arctic oil spill. So we have been going up there to take direct action against the Arctic oil rigs, both because of this profound irony about drilling for oil, only being able to drill for oil there because of climate change and causing more climate change and also because if there was an oil spill there it would be dreadful to wildlife. And there's a lot more to say about the implications of an Arctic oil spill. Yeah. Um, but um I could go on forever about it. But yeah. we p- have been going up there And we've been trying to shut down these Arctic oil rigs. And in 2013, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, a crew went on the Greenpeace ship, the Arctic Sunrise, and they sailed up there. And there were 30 of them. And their aim was to shut down uh, an oil rig operated by Gazprom, the Russian state-owned oil company. So Putin's oil company. And they wanted to take direct action against it. And they wanted to – the plan was they had a a one-ton survival pod. And they were going to climb the side of the oil rig and hang the survival pod on the side, which would have stopped it drilling. Mm-hmm. And then they were going to— a few of them were going to live inside that pod for as long as they could, days, maybe weeks. They had yep. state-of-the-art communication system, and they were going to broadcast through Skype there and saying, "The world needs to look at what's going on up here." Very soon after they deployed this direct action, the Russians came, tore around the oil rig with speedboats firing guns, firing their pistols. The Russian Coast Guard ship fired its cannon over the bow of the Arctic sunrise. Our guys retreated. Um, I'm sort of cutting a long story short. Yeah. Our guys again, retreated.
0: We'll go into a lot yeah. more detail should, I in mean, part two, of course.
1: You're going to love speaking to Frank. Yeah. I mean, he he was there. He was in the thick of it. And he tells this story better than and I And again, could.
0: I mean, I think it's fascinating already to highlight at this point um, how much of... Not that anything would be a shock, because obviously you prepare for all these things. But there's going to be a level of you've spent a lot of time preparing for the reaction of the British government mm. in in a lot of these situations, or at least on on on, on or from or from the UK office, and being aware that there's certain things where you'll be able to j- 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 justify, and certain times where yeah. um, they'll agree with you, and certain times they won't. But it's all a far more rational situation. So to then have Putin and his his, his mates kind of who, who don't obviously operate on any kind of level similar to the way we have our justice system over here, mm. um, yeah, that must have been a huge, oh, a huge shock and indeed a huge stress and issue because they of course ended up yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, Frank, Frank will and, tell you later yeah. how the,
1: the the helicopter came over the Arctic sunrise and started disgorging heavily armed commandos who seized their ship. They dragged yeah. them off to the mainland and slammed them in jail and said that they were going to be there for fifteen years. And all manner of insane craziness then yeah. ensued, which is what I've I've written about in this book. But for those of us back in uh, London and Amsterdam and Copenhagen and the other the other Greenpeace hubs working for their release, yeah, we. I remember the, the head of our legal team coming up to me and saying, this is not about the law. You know, this is yeah. cowboy justice. And he said, we are in deep, deep shit here. Yeah. You know, this is Putin. This is different. And I I sat down with Martin Sixsmith, who wrote the book Philomena that was turned into a movie yeah. recently. Yeah. But before that, he was the BBC Russia correspondent, and I sought his advice on how to deal with this. And he said, you know, you have to understand that, you know, you're in this kind of geopolitical game of chess here against Putin. You you are playing with the bad boys now. And I I felt that we were out of our depth.
0: Yeah. Really. And, and, I mean, the scary part there being that um, it would be a a Russia kind of using you guys at points against the British government, who are someone that you're regularly... In battle with, so you know that bizarre situation of right now, who we need, who we're kind of allied with in many ways, is who we're often trying to fight for change and push for. Yeah. Progression.
1: I mean it was odd. They uh they, there was a, a documentary on Russian T V about a week after the guys were jailed. It was called Under the Green Roof, and it was on a Russian TV channel that's owned by Gazprom, the company yeah. that we were oh, wow. we were protesting against. And that documentary said that, that the guys in jail were CIA and MI six agents yeah. who were also working for ExxonMobil and um BP and that and made a bunch of spurious allegations against Greenpeace, including the allegation uh, that we didn't protest against the Deepwater Horizon disaster, we're funded by the CIA, and that we had a history of abusing kangaroos. I have a no <laughs> idea where the last one came from. I have no problem with kangaroos whatsoever. But no. it was sort of this batshit crazy accusation that was thrown at us. Yeah. But it was weird, like, you know, the Russians saying that we're agents of the British government and the American government. Fuck, man, they they hate us too. Yeah, you know? exactly.
0: That's the kind of the, you know? the, the crazy irony there yeah. of being... Yeah. Yeah. Paired up there, or, yeah. or, or accused of being yeah. allied with the people you've spent years yeah. being put in prison by and being yeah. you know dragged off of sites by.
1: Before I forget, when you speak
0: to Frank, yeah, yeah, ask
1: him, you know, ask him about the the prison governor and yeah. the accusations that the prison governor was throwing at him, and also the prison psychologist. The prison psychologist was this guy that when Frank first met him was in full. Army fatigues, eighteen hole boots, reactor like coal black glasses, a truncheon by by his side, and, wow. and he was the prison shrink, you know. And some of the things that those guys said, like, speak to this kind of insane Russian militarist attitude towards protest, you know. When when the prison psychologist looks like he's about to be deployed to Afghanistan, then you have you have a problem yeah. with your with yeah. your prison regime.
0: Yeah, that's not that's not going to be awesome. I mean, this is the biggest t- teaser. Or we've ever dropped in an episode, <laughs> as this is all going to be discussed in, in the next part. So, so let's p- 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 bring it, it back round a little um, and discuss... I want to talk about um, some of the actions that you've felt the most... Um, have achieved the most, mm-hmm. have, have had the greatest result, have had the greatest right here. We did, like, you know, uh, on paper, we did this, it caused yeah. a, a this, which must be the, the greatest thing, because I'd imagine a lot of the actions... Again, it's it's a catalyst, but it's still a gradual thing. It's like, right, yeah. we're getting the discussion started, but yeah. time will tell. Um, but I also want to talk about how how you or, or or what you guys do with regards to, or do you give have to give any regard to pu- public opinion and public yeah. view? Because, again, it's not the priority, but the more the public th- know that you're doing a positive thing rather than going, again, as I said, I've... Oh, they're disrupting this because I remember again. I remember the, some real heartlessness during the Arctic Thirty um, campaign. Of I was tweeting about it, and people were saying, "Yeah, well, they shouldn't have done it." So, like, do you <laughs> are you realizing what's going that they've done something with good intentions, and it's now they're these are humans actually in prison yeah. under real threat of f- 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 for their lives and their freedom. So there can be a callousness mm-hmm. in that respect. So. Is there much you can do to counteract that or do you do much to try and, and battle that? I mean,
1: I think there's no point in speeding up the national conversation if when you have a conversation, you lose the argument.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: the point of direct action is to say, we need to have a discussion and an argument about yeah. this, about the climate change implications of a new runway at Heathrow. But it's no good if you lose that argument. All you've done is speed up the moment where you've sustained yeah. a massive defeat. Yeah, yeah. So public opinion is absolutely vital. And I hope that we wouldn't be so arrogant as to assume that we've got all the answers and the public opinion can you know go fuck itself because we're just going to like push it through no this is about starting a discussion about issues that people don't want to talk about so that we can all come to a collective decision together you know we're, 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 we're democrats here we have an impure democracy we have a democracy that is very very imperfect but ultimately you know we need to do this together as humanity um and so i 'm pretty unhappy with 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 any attitude from people in in our movement which has disdain for public opinion yeah. and public opinion this is this is us we are the human family and we need we need we need to sort this shit together. Um, I just want us to talk about issues that we don 't really like talking about yeah. as a family around the global dinner table and that 's what direct action kind of does i hope you know so i mean one example you look it was one of the first things I did, we, we did an investigation where we discovered that Tony Blair's cabinet office, the physical building, yeah. was being refitted. So the window frames and the doors and that were being refitted. And whoever decided to buy the wood for it had a had a, had a penchant for luxury and decided to refit it with wood, uh, Cameroonian Sapili wood, which is oh, wow. a rare endangered wood um, from deforested areas. And it's yeah. like what you do, it's illegal. It's it's illegal. You can't chop it down. So we found out. Crazy they crazy to
0: have such small consideration on tiny things like that. It's that insane. So, it's insane. Yeah, unnecessary. So we, we
1: did an investigation. We found out what they were doing, and we rocked up there with vans, looking like the builders who were mm-hmm. fitting it one morning, had all the same gear on, and we just waltzed past security, pretending to be them. And we had our own doors and window frames from B&Q that were forest stewardship certified so they were from sustainable sources and we just said we're fitting these doors we're taking the other ones down we're fitting these ones and we fitted all sustainable doors and I remember taking one of the illegal Cameroonian wood doors and we nipped up a back staircase and we got onto the roof of the cabinet office and the media were down there with a load of cops And we said, and we and we we sort of through a loud hailer said, this is illegal wood. The government were fitting it here. We fitted it's okay. We fitted sustainable wood. Now everything's good, but this has to end. And we need a different timber procurement policy in this country. And I remember sitting up there thinking, hmm, this feels quite weird. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, is this having an effect or whatever? And then someone gave me a ring and saying, Prime Minister's question time is going on at the moment, just up the road. You know, you can see Big Ben from where I was from this yeah. roof. Blair's being asked about it at Prime Minister's questions and he's committing to change the, the, the procurement yeah. policy of That's the amazing. government. Bingo. Brilliant. Yeah. Now, it took us a few more actions because then we discovered that the Houses of Parliament was being fitted with illegal legal yeah. as well and we had yeah. to do the same thing there. But eventually... You know, we got a win on that.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, w- 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 when you get the win, obviously there's a big celebration. Was there a point where you thought, right, who do we bill for this? Because obviously, <laughs> you, I mean, you've fitted their doors for them now. You've, you've, kind of, you've done a free... It's good to get the win, but there's there's... A labour as well. There's I mean,
1: the come labourers on. that, yeah, and um, <laughs> needed a tea break. The, no, who did we bill for it? We bill the people that give Greenpeace money. It's That's worth perfect. saying at the moment that we don't take any money from corporations or governments. Yeah. So we, we cannot be corrupted by them. We're totally dependent I'm, on members of the public to, to fund this stuff. I mean,
0: let's discuss that. I mean, I first of all, I also want to just highlight how, um, again, I think one of the keys in such actions is looking right and acting as if you're meant to be there. I always remember I when, like, I, as, a, as a, a, a lad I used to do a bit of, of stenciling and graffiti mm. and I remember the productivity and output changing so much when I decided to stop wearing a hoodie and start wearing a high-vis jacket because I was like <laughs> right just go right I'm meant to be doing this yeah. so if you're creeping in the corner under a hood and again it's similar if you're wearing a mask if you're doing yeah. if you're covering your face then you're going to be seen as a criminal or a villain whereas if you're there going look yeah. Here's what we're doing, then it's it's that bit.
1: So funny you say slicker, that. Slicker, isn't the it? The best bit of advice I ever got was from Frank Hewitt, you're gonna who you're gonna speak late yeah. speak to later, who said, I mean you've done it already, he said yeah. he said, just look like you're meant to be there. And yeah. I remember in Texas we broke into the headquarters of ExxonMobil, the world's biggest oil company. The headquarters is called the Godpod because it's basically the world is run from there. And um, dressed in Italian designer suits yeah. and just walked through this back gate with um or I should say a limo pulled up and let everyone out and just walk through the back gate. Um and if you if you look like you're meant to be there, no one stops you. People are you. scared it, to question you. It people well. are really scared to question you. And Frank is very good at that. We once did an action. He'll tell you about this where we got on the back of a um of a jetliner at Heathrow having got airside and a domestic flight that was going to fly to to manchester when the fucking train takes two hours I mean, yeah, what yeah, people yeah. doing and um and he had a high vis on and he was directing the protest and one of the security guards came up and said all right mate so what are we doing here and he said oh this 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 and he said oh well just tell me what to do and he thought that frank was the head of security Brilliant. there so frank got another half hour just directing just move away guys it's fine i got it under control you know just looked like it was meant to be there it's absolutely amazing. get a high vis do you reckon banksy wears a high vis and that's how it does I, it yeah
0: yeah that could be the way <laughs> um well let's i mean Are we coming to the end of this? But let's end on the important part, as you touched on there, of of how you're funded and Mm. how people can support and, and, you know, how, yeah. Yeah. All of that Um, that side of it.
1: Well, people can support in lots of ways, you know. um, Follow us on Twitter, like get friends with us on Facebook. If you can afford it, give us some money. We're really, really careful how we spend it. And if you can't afford it, that's completely fine as well. Um, Join us to take direct action, you know, our... Our doors are open, and and people can people can join our teams. You know, yeah. we have people that that decide they want to do something, and then they are climbing a smokestack and hanging off hanging off the side of it. But you know, not everybody can do that. Not everybody has the time to do that. Of so, course. just I think people should do anything. You don't don't if you don't fancy Greenpeace, get involved in another group. If you don't fancy environmental action, do something about something that you feel passionate about. Just just don't sit there and moan about the state of the world and assume that somebody else is going to do something about it
0: yeah I, I, I couldn't agree more and 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 the beauty there is number one there's so many options of how to help if you if you can afford to there's money if you can't afford to there's hmm. time if you can't afford either of them there's just supporting online and, yeah. and and pushing and things like that yeah um but equally i think that's great because one of i've worked a lot with um some 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 charities or or with calm who who deal a lot with um a male suicide and Mm. depression and one of the things that saddened me when looking into more of that is how much calm in the samaritans and all these different things not that they're rivals but they're certainly not working together so it's one of those things that it's great to hear you say that that look just find something that means something to you as well because again i've always think that means 10 times more if there's a charity or an event that you have a personal connection to yeah you're gonna have far better results than if you're just posting every charity link that comes through and no yeah. one do you know what i mean just yeah, no, everyone will just pass it by and sorry. become a blasé to it there's
1: an american journalist who i don't like a lot of what he writes but he says something interesting he's called thomas friedman he said um you know nowadays we have to appreciate you've got the united states and you've got the world's second global superpower and the world's second global superpower is public opinion yeah you know and so we you know we are very very powerful yeah. if we get together and we mobilize and, and new so, technologies is allowing I was us say, to do technology that. allows Sorry, that really?
0: so much yep. now that there is such an ease there's so many ways again there's not been a huge increase in recent years of police brutality against bl- black people in america mm. there's just been an increase in the ability Absolutely. to share that information and get that out there and all these different things were at a, a unique time where as much fun as it is share pictures of animals mm. and I mean on Instagram I generally I follow p- pictures of pizza and pictures of animals but there's you know and, and that's great yeah. um, but there's there's you know it is this amazing medium now to get things across and to get yeah. everything out there in yeah. the open and well someone, someone
1: came up with a hashtag Black Lives Matter, yeah, and it just it went crazy. And you know, yeah. so Laura Bates came out with the hashtag Everyday Sexism, yeah, and suddenly, like you know, she's changing the frame of the debate yeah. around the way that women are treated and regarded, just in the street trying to get and to again, work or whatever. It's amazing
0: how a catchy hashtag. And again, it's it's similar to what are you guys well, you, you've said earlier about having the image of chasing headlines, but the fact is, a good headline is very powerful. And yeah. It's the same with a good hashtag. Same. A B Dolan, who's been on the podcast for, who's an activist and rapper. Came up with the film "The Police" hashtag. Right, and again, it was it, it, the Brilliant. whole thing was saying, "Look, it's not a f- a, a, a fact the police. It's not saying all oh, police are evil. It's saying film them because yeah. if they're good, then you catch them being good. But yeah. the ones that are bad yeah. get caught out. And Absolutely. again, it's a it's a peaceful way of documenting and, and acting against." Yeah things that you and again it's it's all doable but because of our new technologies yeah no really really exciting times really exciting to
1: speak to you but' it way. is
0: well thank you for coming on and it's been a great chat and i look forward to to checking to, to frank and yeah. ben in part two yeah yeah
1: so ben i'm ben stewart but the other ben is ben aliff and we work together with yeah. a bunch of other really amazing people trying to get um trying to get frank and the others um out of jail um, yeah yeah frank's going to tell you about the crazy ways they managed to communicate with each other when they were in jail in Russia and the mafia bosses who controlled the jail and his fears of being in jail for 15 years. I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah,
0: amazing. Well, thank you very much, sir. I'll let you g- get back to the pl- planning room with little toy cars <laughs> and, f- and fake buildings. That's exactly what I'm doing. Cheers, <laughs> Cheers, too. Thanks. You've been listening to Scooby's Picks Discrushed That was part one, and what a cliffhanger to leave it on, right? So many teased stories. Um, yeah, that's quite exciting. Um, part two, you now pretty much have to download. There's no choice in that, right? Am I... Am I inaccurate in thinking you have any doubt in your mind that you need to listen to Frank and Ben? So yeah, part two is coming up. That's going to be out at midday. Um, So this one will have gone up at midnight. You'll probably just listen to it in the morning on your way to work or whatever. At midday today, on Wednesday, um, part two will be going up. And that's Wednesday the 5th. Um, Yeah, enjoy it. I recommend please subscribe. Um, If you've enjoyed this one i recommend the full factor all podcast that was fascinating um there's a there's a lot there there's some great talk of activism with b dolan and other podcasts who we mentioned in this podcast he's been on the podcast twice we talked to killer mike um a while back about a lot of activism and and everything a lot of stuff that's going on in uh, uh, america at the moment for 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 black people to to have to try and, 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 and survive and f- fight to find some level of equality. So that's a few I recommend you check out. J- Jodie and Bickley's would be a good one to check out as well. There's a lot on there. So go back over to the back catalogue, subscribe, share and all that. But most essentially, ch- check out part two shortly.